What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to the Locked On Pirates podcast today on Tuesday, October 26th. It is World Series Day. I am, of course, your host, Ethan Smith, who does the most. I hope you all are having a phenomenal Tuesday morning, Tuesday afternoon, or Tuesday night, depending on when you're listening today. But on today's podcast, Brian Reynolds is a finalist for the Silver Slugger Award this year. Does he have a chance at winning it? Probably not, but it is very noteworthy that he is a finalist. And also, we are going to be going to our Locked On Insiders for a World Series preview, and I will be giving my thoughts after they give you some thoughts about the Astros and the Braves facing off in the World Series is what some would consider a kind of you know, nightmare World Series for Pittsburgh Pirates fans, especially from what I've seen on Twitter as of late. With that said today, thank you so much for making me, Ethan Smith, and the Locked On Pirates podcast your first listen of the day every single day, and let's get right into it. You are Locked On Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome back to the Locked On Pirates podcast, everybody. I am your host, Ethan Smith, who does the most. Again, I hope you all are having a phenomenal Tuesday. My birthday is slowly approaching. Birthday bash will be on Friday. Uh, My birthday is on Saturday, October 30th, the day before Halloween. I kind of want to know what you guys are all going to be for Halloween. Maybe you're going to be Brian Reynolds. Maybe you're going to be like O'Neal Cruz, Key Brian Hayes. You never know. Maybe whip out the Pirates jersey out there, throw on a headband or two or something like that, and just say you're a Pirates player. Say you're Dave Parker or Roberto Clemente. But again, I hope you all are having a phenomenal day. As the Pirates got some news yesterday. A little bit of an individual kind of news thing. Uh, Brian Reynolds is a silver slugger this year for outfielders in the National League, along some pretty hefty names. Nicholas Castellanos, Juan Soto, Bryce Harper, Adam Duvall, Jesse Winker, and Tyler O'Neill join him in that um, in that spot. Brian Reynolds, of course, I think he'll get some votes. He had a very phenomenal year hitting the baseball this year. He was easily the most consistent player the Pirates had all season hitting the baseball outside of Adam Frazier. Adam Frazier, of course, was traded to the San Diego Padres in hopes that he would make the playoffs. The Padres did not make the playoffs, so that didn't work out for him. Uh, He was the only Pirate to be uh, selected for a Silver Slugger Award uh, like nominee. I believe he will also end up probably being a gold glove nominee as well. It wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if he gets that. Um, but if you look across baseball, I mean, you see the names that he's alongside Freddie Freeman getting it at first base, Joey Votto, Goldschmidt, Muncie, Ozzy Albies, Jonathan India, Jake Cronenworth, and Justin Turner, Austin Riley, Manny Machado, Nolan Arenado, Patrick Wisdom. Lots of uh, NL Central uh, representation here. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr., Brandon Crawford, Trey Turner, and Willie Adamez. Willie Adamez was an interesting one, seeing as he was traded from the Tampa Bay Rays to the Milwaukee Brewers uh, about midway through the season with Wander Franco finally coming up and making his impact. And then, you know, you got to see Jacob deGrom even still get some votes in there as well. Madison Bumgarner, Max Fried, and Herman Marquez. Of course, in the NL, it's not very surprising, or AL, it's not very surprising who's on there. Vladdy, Yuli Gurriel, 
Uh, Yuli Gurriel will be uh, playing in the World Series, of course. Uh, Matt Olson, Marcus Simeon, Jose Altuve, DJ LeMahieu, and Jorge Polanco. Rafael Devers, Jose Ramirez, Kyle Seeger, Carlos Correa, Xander Bogarts, Tim Anderson, Bo Bichette. Cedric Mullins, Teoscar Hernandez, Aaron Judge, Kyle Tucker, Mitch Hanniger, Lourdes Goriel Jr., Hunter Renfro, and Randy Arozarena. I actually want to kind of go hot takey here real quick is I really think that Brian Reynolds would win the uh, Silver Slugger Award if he was in the American League, just based on how uh, everything is going. Um, I mean, you look at the names of there. Cedric Mullins had a phenomenal year as a Baltimore Oriole. Teoscar Hernandez and Lordy Scoriel Jr. were major parts of that Toronto team. And I really also still say this hot take-wise, I think the Toronto Blue Jays had a real shot at the World Series if they would have made the playoffs. Um, Aaron Judge, Kyle Tucker, obviously very good players as well. But I think Reynolds would have a better chance of winning it. If he was over in the American League, I think Juan Soto is probably going to be the pick to win. Uh, Reynolds, of course, as I said, should at least get some consideration. Uh, Soto, of course, was on a bad team as well. But Juan Soto was having a Barry Bonds-esque season this year with how he was hitting the baseball as far as OPS, OPS plus on base percentage, he was just absolutely phenomenal, especially in the second half as well. You just can go look at those stats and see that he was clearly above and beyond alongside Bryce Harper and Castellanos. They were like kind of the top three guys. Um, But I think Brian Reynolds kind of got lost in the mix just because the Pirates were just not very good at all this year. And, Reynolds had the home runs too. He had, I believe, 25, 26 home runs. And, you know, home runs are flashy now. Um, So him not hitting like 35, 40 is kind of a big deal. That's where the American League kind of beats them out. And to finish off the American League um, finalists, Salvador Perez will most likely win it for the catchers. Mike Zanino and Gary Sanchez follow behind him. And then Shohei Otani, Jordan Alvarez, Giancarlo Stanton, Joey Gallo, and Nelson Cruz are your other finalists for the designated hitter position. So again, there's significance behind this for Brian Reynolds. And again, I also think he needs to deserve some extension talk and sign an extension this offseason. I think the Pirates really need to push that button. I also wish they should have done it last year before he had this crazy year that he had where he'll most likely be a gold glove finalist. He's already a silver slugger award finalist, so that'll make things even more difficult for the Pirates. He'll probably garner a little bit more money. But here's the thing, though. The Pirates don't have a ton, if at all, any commitments past a couple years right now. So. Locking up Brian Reynolds could be a very big deal. Uh, We've talked about it on the podcast at length over the last couple days. Brian Reynolds uh, deserves an extension look. O'Neal Cruz could deserve an extension look. Uh, Key Brian Hayes, kind of another guy. You just want to kind of sign these guys before they really, really, really take that next step, and then they're too expensive. And, I mean, that happens across baseball all the time with small market teams. I just hope it doesn't happen here with Brian Reynolds because Brian Reynolds is – above and beyond the best player the Pirates have at this current moment. I don't think anybody in Pittsburgh would really doubt me on that, just like out of pure honesty. I mean, a close second, I'd say, would probably be Key Brian Hayes. Jacob Stallings would be up there. Uh, Kevin Newman defensively just has to be up there, but not even close to the best player the team has. Um, And then, of course, you're going to have guys like O'Neal Cruz, uh, Michael Escato, all these other guys that are going to come up and eventually make an impact. Diego Castillo, 
uh, Travis Swaggerty, Kanan Smith and Jigba, Cal Mitchell. All those guys are going to come up and hopefully supplement Brian Reynolds, give him another uh, good bat in the lineup. Key Brian Hayes was kind of getting there near the end of the year, but he definitely struggled hitting the baseball this year, especially with that wrist injury. But I really liked to see Brian Reynolds get this uh, – kind of recognition from Major League Baseball that he didn't really get all year. It was just something that you didn't see from like a lot of people. It's like, yeah, he was an all-star alongside Adam Frazier. He had a really good year, but he wasn't really talked about enough, I don't think. And I also thought if he would have kept up his really good pace where he was hitting like 308, I know he kind of dipped down into the mid to low three uh, two or high 290s early or low 300s. But I think he also kind of deserves some um, MVP conversation as well. I don't think he'll get in that uh, market. I think mostly like Freddie Freeman, um, maybe a Max Muncy, Juan Soto, Bryce Harper. Those guys will probably be in that conversation for the major uh, most valuable player award. Um, And obviously Reynolds had no chance winning any playoff things or anything like that. So the next thing on the Brian Reynolds docket to really look at is, is he going to be a gold glove finalist, which I definitely believe he should be. One of the biggest like takeaways I had from this 2021 season was Brian Reynolds openly moved to center field uh, with the center field kind of void that was there at the beginning of the year where you didn't really know who the Pirates were going to start out there because Reynolds was in left field. Reynolds took on the role of being the center fielder and said, you know what? I'm going to go out there and do it. And him and Ben Gamble really just created a phenomenal defensive pairing out there. And hopefully they find another very good defensive-minded outfielder as well in right field this year uh, heading into 2022 because that could be a very good defensive outfield and a very good thing to have in Pittsburgh, especially if that defensive outfielder that they bring in, if they do decide to bring one in, can also hit the baseball around a 250-260 clip better than what we've seen from Anthony Alford, uh, Kai Tom, Dustin Fowler, and guys like that. And again, it just also is kind of unfortunate right now that as of the time of recording, there is no universal DH. So I'm really hoping that Yoshi Tsutsugo can benefit from that whenever that eventually happens. But shouts out to Brian Reynolds for becoming a finalist for the Silver Slugger Award along some very top names. Brian Reynolds, to me, if he goes into 2022 and replicates his 2021 season or even gets better, he definitely should be receiving MVP votes. Um, He's one of the top five to seven outfielders, I believe, in the National League. That's why he was an all-star this year. Uh, you can throw Mookie Betts in there as well, who wasn't. Uh, Cody Bellinger could also be in that conversation. Uh, there's a lot of different guys. Christian Yelich could be in that conversation. But Brian Reynolds outplayed all of them this year statistically. Uh, those guys just made the playoffs, and he didn't. But moving forward in today's podcast, if you want to bet on who's going to win the Silver Slugger Award, the MVP, the Rookie of the Year, all that good stuff, you can check out Bet Online. BetOnline.ag is back and better than ever. All eyes are on the diamond and the gridiron as teams are back for another football season and the World Series. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season with a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests. BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit don't forget to use our promo code locked on to receive that 50 percent bonus meaning if you put 100 which is considered one unit of a bet on betonline.ag they will match that and give you 50 of free money to also bet 
on all the sports that you want to bet on from football, basketball, baseball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all of the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online is where the game starts. Now, we're going to get into our Locked On Insiders. It is World Series Day. It is time for our World Series preview. You kind of heard my predictions with Gary yesterday. Let's see if the Insiders change my mind a bit here today as Gordon Beckham is joined by another wonderful insider of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Kanani Stevens with another Locked On MLB Insider Report, joined here by Gordon Beckham, our MLB Insider. The World Series stage is set. It's going to be Houston Astros and the Atlanta Braves, obviously some of the two hottest teams they've made it to this point um, to make it to the World Series. But the Astros seem like they're here quite often. Um, I think what we mentioned, their third appearance in five years in the World Series. So are you surprised that they made it back to this point, Gordon? No, I think they're a really good team. I mean, they're super talented. Obviously, they have kind of a uh, checkered past with everything that's gone on over the last five years. But uh, the fact that they're back there uh, this year just shows how good they are, right? I mean, um, they're, they're easily the best offensive team I think I saw most of the year. I mean, like they were just really, really good. I actually called the White Sox-Houston games uh, in the middle of the season when – uh, the White Sox were a pretty good team, and Houston just buried them. So uh, I, their offense is really, really good, and their bullpen's been great. I mean, they've been relying on that because their starters have been have, have kind of struggled in a lot of ways. So uh, they're a hot team. Both teams are hot right now. I think that when you get to the World Series, you don't really have somebody that sneaks by. I mean, Atlanta had to play Milwaukee and then the Dodgers, and – I mean, the Dodgers were playing really well. They beat uh, the best team in the regular season, the Giants, and then got to the Braves, and I think they kind of ran out of gas. The Braves look good. They're trending in the right direction. This is going to be a great, uh, you know, a great World Series. I think it's anybody's game. Um, it's just a matter, you know, just the small things are really going to add up and matter in the series, as they always do when it's, when it's on the line. We can't take much away from Atlanta. Obviously, they're in the playoffs almost every year, it feels like, as well. Um, obviously, to make the World Series, that's a big jump for them. But is this going to be something where experience plays a big role for the Astros because they've been here so much? Or is this something where, you know, the Braves are really hot and to have gotten to this point, they might continue rolling that way? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I, I do think that there might be some uh, World Series jitters by the Braves, but I think at the end of the day, they're, they're, they're just they're finding a way to get big hits and big situations, and uh, I think that's going to continue. They just finished their series against the Dodgers, you know, and they're a little bit uh, – they're coming off the field a little bit uh, later than the Astros did. And so the Astros had this kind of layoff. Sometimes I don't think this will happen, but you can get away from the game and you just kind of lose a little bit of the feel – uh, when you have days off. So it might take them a, uh, a minute or two to get going. And I think that for the Braves to really uh, take this series, I think they're going to need to jump out to a to a, a hot start, uh, get going early against this starting uh, staff for the Astros, which is, uh, you know, banged up and, uh, and struggled a little bit. So uh, the Braves have everything in their favor that if they can go come out and their bats can uh, do do the talking because um, their pitching staff is, is is really really good and they're lined up. They have Charlie Morton going in game one, so uh, the Braves have got a great chance to do this. Like I said, it'll be interesting to see if the the layoff for the Astros 
uh, gets them off to a little bit of a rusty start. And if the Braves could take advantage of that, if that does happen, um, they'll be in a, in, in a driver's seat going back to Atlanta in game uh, three, four, and five. I think with those layoffs and for longer for some teams than others, you know, it's a lot going to come down to management style. When you look at this, Dusty Baker, obviously he's been around forever and a day um, with a newer team this time around. But how do you kind of see these two managers dealing with their teams facing off against each other? Well, it's always fluid. I mean, you just have to basically manage the way your team's playing. And obviously they can't play, um, you know, I mean, the Dusty Baker has no really say on how they start outs, but he's got to be able to adjust for if the offense is there, if the starting pitching is going a little bit deeper, maybe than they, they did in the ALCS, uh, maybe they stick with them a little bit longer. But it's, it's just a game of feel, right? I mean, uh, it, it doesn't always uh, have to be A plus B equals C. I mean, there's just different ways to get there. I think Dusty Baker's been doing it a long time. I think I know he wants this World Series, but uh, Brian Snicker with Atlanta has been around just as long as Dusty. I mean, not as long as a head coach. I mean, excuse me, head coach, manager. But at the end of the day, like he is, he has been tried and true. And the an interesting thing too is uh, Snickers, uh, Brian Snickers' son is the assistant hitting coach for the Astros. So it's going to be kind of a uh, nice little father son, uh, you know, matchup in the in the World Series. But both these managers really have the respect of their players, and both are you know really highly highly regarded. So. They don't seem to make a lot of mistakes when it comes to uh, X's and O's of the game. I mean, they generally bring in the right people at the right time, and um, it's just on them to go with their their gut and under. And both of these managers do. I mean, they don't. They I'm sure they look at the analytics, but a lot of what they do is based on on their gut instinct, and, and it's proven to be pretty uh, pretty good so far. I think those are all valid points. Of course, you know, you really have to go with it, especially in the postseason when anything can happen. So let's play a little game. Um, for Houston, if they're going to win this series, what do you feel that they really need to focus on? Well, I think that uh, starting pitching is huge uh, and, their, and their bats. I mean, I, obviously this, you know, there's only so many things you can pick from, but the starting pitching has struggled and their bullpen has been super taxed. So uh, even though they've had three days off, those innings add up. I mean, they're the last. These guys, the last two guys standing, uh, Braves and Astros. And when you've had bullpens that are being used like a lot over the first two series, uh, that adds up. And sometimes those guys can't close that out. So for their from the, for them to win, starting pitching has to go deeper in the games, and then their offense has to continue doing what it's been doing most of the year. Okay. Now on the reverse, what do you think Atlanta really needs to focus on for for them to be successful and you know get through here with a championship? It's starting pitching. Um, it's starting pitching for me. If the Braves pitching staff shows up and are effective like they have been and, and keep numbers down on the other side, keep runs to a to a minimum, uh, I think that the Braves are going to be tough to beat because the bread and butter for the Astros is their offense. If they don't score runs, I mean, they're, they're, while their staff has done fine, uh, they're starting pitching struggles, and then they have to give, give it to their bullpen that's already taxed. So I really think the key to the Braves is starting pitching their starting staff. If they can go deep into games, give their uh, bullpen a chance, because some of those guys in the bullpen for the Braves have been lights out. I mean, Tyler Matzik has had one of the most amazing – um, postseasons you can you can find for a reliever and Will Smith to close it out has been very good as well. So uh, if they can pitch, if they can get deeper into games, I think that they're going to get enough hits to win this series. Have to agree with you. I think if these are close one run games, you got to go with the Braves on that front. Do you have an official prediction for us? Who do you think is going to win? 
I haven't even thought about it, so this is coming out of left field exactly uh, in my brain, which is generally out to left field. But uh, I would say I'm going to say the Braves in six. I mean, I think that they're trending in the right way. Uh, I think that they're doing a lot of things right. There's something special about the team. I've been able to watch them a little bit more than the Astros this year, but um, it's they have ever since the All Star break when they got Eddie Rosario and they got Solaire and they got Peterson. I mean, their lineup just changed and they're pitching staff continue to do the same thing that they were doing, which is being solid, and they've even gotten better. So I just think they're trending in the right direction. I think that the fact that there's question marks on Houston's starting staff and also, um, you know, in the bullpen being taxed, I think that the this series lines up really well for the Braves if they can get out to a, to a hot start. Well, there you have it. I think I would maybe go with Houston just because of veteran experience, but obviously you're the professional. So if people are betting, please go with Gordon's opinion. Mine please is don't. I'm a ter- I always lose. I always lose. So go, <laughs> right. go with guys. All right. Maybe flip a coin, guys. We, we yeah. really don't know what's going on here. Um, that's our Locked On Insider Report for the preview of the World Series. Of course, if you guys need any more information, check out Locked On Astros or Locked On Braves for more details on your teams. And that was the wonderful Kayani Stevens and Gordon Beckham Jr. previewing this upcoming World Series, which starts tonight on Tuesday, October 26th. The Atlanta Braves and the Houston Astros will both be facing off in what I'm calling the Dusty Baker World Series. Because Dusty Baker, of course, a former Atlanta Brave who basically played against the Houston Astros. And this is kind of like a World Series almost 50 years in the making for him. Uh, Dusty Baker, of course, um, took a lot of what he said into the series and said he's doing it for Hank Aaron, a player he admired uh, when he played in Atlanta. And this series, like a lot of valid points there made by uh, Gordon and Kay Nani. Um, If these games get into one run games, the Atlanta Braves and the Houston Astros are going to be looking for the right pieces to move here. And Tyler Matzik, again, I brought him up yesterday. He's been phenomenal this postseason. The Braves, I think, do have the advantage on the pitching side of things, but this Astros offense has just been absolutely phenomenal all postseason. And if they can get after the Braves pitchers pretty quickly, it's going to be a very interesting uh, series to see how the Braves kind of kick it back. Um, Getting into the Braves for a minute as well, I mean, as uh, Gordon mentioned, I mean, you had to beat the Milwaukee Brewers, an NL Central champion, and then the Los Angeles Dodgers, a 106-win team that also didn't have the easiest track either. I mean, the Astros track, not saying it was easy, they were down 2-1 to the Boston Red Sox, and in all honesty, looked dead in the water and then ripped off three straight wins. And they kind of handled the White Sox pretty easily as well. And the Braves, for the most part, also handled the Milwaukee Brewers pretty well also, and the Dodgers. I mean, neither of these teams has played a Game 7 or a deciding game yet in the playoffs where they had their back against the wall. I mean, the Astros had their back against the wall um, against the Red Sox when they were down 2-1, but they never played an elimination game in that series until they were up 3-2. So neither of these teams has been in an elimination uh, scenario yet this year. Um, the Dodgers, I believe, and the yeah, the Dodgers were the only one I believe so far, and then the wild card games. So that'll be another interesting thing to see as well. Is once the series gets to where a team has three wins, how does the team that is behind, or if it goes to a game seven, game six, or game seven, how does the team that needs the victory to stay alive, or the team that needs to win the World Series, how do those teams react? And that's something I think a lot of people aren't looking at right now, is neither of these teams have been on that brink of elimination just yet. They were very close 
Like, don't get me wrong. If the Astros lose in game four to the Boston Red Sox, they were very close. But it begs the question of what happens when the Astros are down 3-2 or the Braves are down 3-2 and they need a victory to stay alive to force a game seven. That's where I think this is going to come down to. I think this series will come down purely to pitching, realistically. I think the pitching is going to decide the series. Uh, the Astros, of course, don't have the advantage in that department. The Braves do, but I'm sticking with my prediction as well, saying the Astros will win the series in six or seven games just because I believe that they are the better team. Now, if the Braves did have Ronald Acuna and Marcelo Ozuna, Ozuna, of course, from different circumstances, uh, Acuna from a season-ending injury, I think the Braves would win the series. Like, I really would. Acuna and Ozuna are just that important to what this team was doing. Um, but Eddie Rosario, Jock Peterson, uh, Jorge Soler, the outfielders that the um, Braves all picked up near the uh, trade deadline have just been phenomenal for the Braves. They filled that void that needed to be filled with the loss of Acuna and Ozuna. And realistically, the Braves have a shot. I mean, they're in the World Series for the first time since 1999. The Astros, of course, back in the World Series for the first time since 2019 when they lost to another NL East team in the Washington Nationals. And, I mean, the Braves have some comparisons to this Nationals team. I mean, uh, Eddie Rosario has kind of played the Juan Soto role. And then you have Freddie Freeman. You still have Ozzie Albies. You still have Austin Riley. You still have, like, a Dansby Swanson. You still have a lot of different players. And, I mean – you know, one of the guys I know Braves fans, especially with me living in Georgia, a lot of people don't want to see Luke Jackson get in the game like ever, which is fine. But the Braves, I mean, Charlie Morton has been phenomenal. Tyler Matzik has been phenomenal. I would have loved to see Richard Rodriguez be on this team, but I don't think he's going to be on the World Series roster. I don't even think he made the playoff roster. Um, but again, I think the Astros bats are going to be too much. I think Jordan Alvarez, Jose Altuve, Correa, Tucker, and Bregman are going to take this series over. Yuli Gurriel, who we mentioned earlier in the podcast, is a Silver Slugger finalist. I think he's going to do very well in this series also. I think the bats are just going to take over in Houston. I think it's going to be a 2-2 series, and then the uh, Astros are going to win Game 5 in Atlanta, win Game 6 in Houston in front of their home crowd, and get a World Series back to the Houston Astros, which – I'm not going to get into it on why people wouldn't like that. I don't think people, I think most people are going to be rooting for Atlanta here in this series. Um, personally, I'm just looking for a wonderful world series. The world series always falls around my birthday. So the last time that there was like a really, really ridiculous world series was of course, nationals Astros in 2019 and game seven was on my birthday that year. So, I mean, realistically, I'm just looking for really good, well-played baseball. That's all I really want to see. I want to see both of these teams go at it. I want to see back and forth baseball. I want to see good pitching. I want to see good everything from these teams. And we're going to be following the series closely as it uh, progresses. But until then, with the game being tonight and then, of course, all the other games following, you can follow me on Twitter at MVP underscore Ethan, where I will be tweeting about these games, talking about them in length. Also talking about them in length on this podcast. You can follow the podcast Locked on Pirates on Twitter at that name, Locked on Pirates. You can follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, all that good stuff, Odyssey, and, of course, YouTube if you want to see my beautiful face every single day, Monday through Friday for the rest of the month. Until next time, guys, which will be tomorrow on Wednesday, October 27th, I hope you all have a phenomenal rest of your Tuesday. Thank you for making me your first listen of the day every single day on the Locked on Podcast Network. And I love you guys so much, and I will see you on the flip side. Thank you guys so much.